Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Today at 4pm, history is being made. City Hill history. East London finally is going to be happening again. We are kicking it off again. We are launching the Bible Book Club today at 4 p.m. looking at the book of Ezra. It's been crazy how much of a response we've had online. I think like 45 people registered their email addresses with us. So there's been a lot of interest in the Bible Book Club, which is going to be really, really cool. Andre's going to be kind of leading that and I'm going to be going and assisting today and helping. So if you're not coming, please be praying for it. It's going to be a really, really cool time. And we're working out what it's going to look like. We're going to meet every month on the second Sunday of the month and go through a couple of chapters that everyone's read, formulate their ideas, share, collaborate, and then also some inspirational structure and stuff to think through that Andre developing, which is so, so, so exciting. So without further ado, let's get down to business. I don't have no time to mess around. What is this? Eminem on a Sunday morning in an intro. There we go. Last Sunday, we talked about walls and we talked about the walls that hold us in. So we talked about slavery, a slavery mentality. We talked about the walls that, that, that stop us from being able to do certain things. We talked about the children of Israel and slavery. We talked about when they finally got freedom at Mount Sinai, three days after leaving, how they actually were still kind of not reeling from the physical walls, but the mental walls and the spiritual walls to the point where they were having stupid, ridiculous conversations about fish, about cucumbers and melons. The fish one, I think, is the craziest one because they were going, oh, do you remember the free fish that we had in Egypt? which is a stupid thing to do because they were saying, let's go back to Egypt, it's better for us there. Free fish. What about your son that swam with the fishes because they threw him into the Nile because he was a baby boy and he was yours? So the fact you're remembering free fish when your baby boys were thrown into the Nile to be killed, mental, absolutely mental. But actually, we're no different. So often we, we get that, what is it, Stockholm Syndrome or whatever it is where we end up going back to the very thing. The Proverbs puts it this way. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a man returns to his sin. And it's so true. It's so, so true. This week, we're moving away from the walls that hold us in. Um, We're looking at the walls that keep us out, which is as big an issue. So on the one hand, we talked about slavery, being kept in and restrained and the mentality Today, I'm also going to start with mentality, but looking at it from the opposite perspective of not being kept in, but being kept outside. So we're going to be talking about the same kind of story in the same period of time. They've left Egypt. They were at Mount Sinai last week, three days journey, and they start moaning about the food, the diet, and remembering how good the food was in Egypt. Of course, you were well fed in Egypt. You were slaves. They were feeding you to work for them. They gave you free food so that you could build their buildings. Freedom comes at a cost. Like, remember being a kid when your parents bought all the brunt? You didn't have to pay rent and stuff. You didn't have to do all the council tax bills, all that kind of stuff. Freedom comes at a cost. When you step out on your own two feet, there's a cost to that. There's a cost to that. So, mentality. There was a time when they got to the border and they looked in at the land of Canaan And they sent out spies to go spy out this land. They sent out 12 spies, one from each of the 12 tribes, the 12 big families that have now grown into these big tribes. 
And of the 12 tribes, 10 came back saying, this is a terrible idea. The people are huge. This is horrendous. There are huge amounts of grapes. There are huge, amazing things. The land is flowing with milk and honey. It's amazing, like God said, but there are giants to fight. We're tiny. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. They're so much bigger and stronger than us. This is a terrible idea. We're all going to die. We should definitely go back to Egypt. That kind of mentality is still there. It's still going on. Two of them say, you know what? It's great over there. Yeah, the guys are hench. The guys are huge. But you know what? God's given us this place. We're going to take it. And God's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than anything we could ask, think, or imagine. They've got the mentality of faith and they're believing. But the people back the 10 terrible reports over the two good ones, they end up spending like 40 years wandering around in the wilderness because of it. 40 years for basically pretty much a generation to die out that has the strongest voice so that the other generation can move into the, the promises. The mentality stopped them from receiving now what God had for them. You've got to have selective hearing. They had selective hearing. We all have selective hearing. But it's about what type of selective hearing you have. Are you someone who has the selective hearing where fear and anxiety can dominate your thinking, your rationale over faith? Are you someone who, hey, forget having 10 bad reports. If you had 10 good reports, but there were still two horrendous reports, you'd be like, I'm no way am I stepping out. Did you hear those two guys? That's horrific. I'm done. One of the things I've learned is that actually when it comes to following the call of what God has for you in your life is you have to learn to drown out all the noise. You have to learn to kind of put the earplugs in. So what does Joshua do? Joshua's like, well, I lost 40 years because of 10 donuts. So he goes, this time we're here. We're coming. We're going to go into Jericho. I'm going to send two spies. Forget the 10 wastemen. I'm, I'm loading the dice. That's what Joshua does. He loads the dice. He, he goes gambling in the casino with loaded dice. He sends two guys in. They check the place out and they go, yep, still dense, still that. But you know what? God's going to give us this land. You have to learn to kind of drown out a lot of the fear and the anxiety when you believe that God has something good that he wants to give you. The thing is, faith doesn't deny reality. Faith denies finality. And I feel like a lot of Christians can sometimes get to a bit of a delusional pace when it comes to faith and their life and experiencing what they want to experience and they become really dissatisfied, disillusioned with God because their problem is they're trying to use faith to deny reality and faith doesn't deny reality. Faith denies the finality of a situation. So it's like faith denying reality would be like the chair isn't there, the chair isn't there, the chair isn't there. No, the chair is there. The finality is the chair won't always be there. The chair won't always be there. Faith denies finality, not reality. I've seen so many people who've like encountered like, I guess, sickness, health issues, things like that, going like, I was healed 2,000 years ago. Yeah, you are. You were healed 2,000 years ago. When Jesus comes back, the belief that I have with all my heart is that I will be whole. I will never encounter sickness, suffering, death, and all those things ever again. But you know what? I am going to die. You know what? I am going to be sick. You know what? I am going to suffer. You know what? 
life is going to be tough. My faith isn't in against the reality. My faith is against the finality of what I believe that God is going to do in finality of the situation. Heavenly man, Brother Yun, I met him a couple of years ago, well, before he died. And one of the things that I remember him saying was one of the best things I've ever heard. Well, he said it in Chinese. So I really hope the interpreter interpreted this correctly because uh, I would have no idea otherwise. But he said, your problems are real, but Jesus is the truth and the truth shall set you free. Your problems are real, but Jesus is the truth. Now, I take that from him as something that carries huge weight in my life purely because he was thrown in a maximum security prison in China and like the apostles in the New Testament, God set him free and he walked out. Ironically though, when I did finally get to hear him, it was at the second time of asking because he couldn't get out of Germany because of visa problems, which I thought was hilarious. God, God literally broke you out of a maximum security prison in China where you were being persecuted for your faith. But Germany, ah, you just can't get out of the country. No visa. Love that. So, yeah, amazing. Faith denies finality, not reality. Your problems are real, but Jesus is the truth. So what happens is they get to Jericho and they're outside Jericho and Joshua is going, okay, God, what's the plan? What, what do you want to do? What are you saying here? What do you want to happen? And then God says to Joshua, so you're going to get the army. He's like, yep, great. We're going to get the army. Fantastic. You're going to get the army. You're going to march the army around the city once a day. Take seven priests, seven trumpets. Take the Ark of the Tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant around it. And that's going to go with you. And then on the seventh day, after doing this for seven days, seven times, you're then going to have the seven priests, after you've marched around it, blow these trumpets. And then everyone's going to give a cry. Everyone's going to cry out. And he says, and the walls are going to fall down. Now, I mean, we know the story and stuff like that, but I just want to let you know, if I had been in the leadership position and I felt God saying to me, we're going to walk around Jericho once a day. We're going to send the army to walk around it once a day. When they sent spies to check the land, the two spies went into the city of Jericho. They snuck in. Guards had heard that their people were huge in number and were coming and they were in a panic and they'd heard that spies were coming and they were looking to kill them a prostitute hid them in her house, took care of them and said, I've heard everyone's shook about you guys. Everyone's scared about you guys. I know that God's going to give you this city. I want you to protect me and my family. And they promise her and they make a promise. They make a deal and they make her house identifiable so that no soldier will touch her house and her family will be safe. These guys have gone in. They've snuck around. They know that the people in that city are terrified of them because of what they've heard God has done in Egypt and God has done in delivering them and God has done in them making their way to this place. They have heard this. If I was in charge and that was God's plan, I'd be like, God, you know what? I, we know the people are terrified about us. We know they're scared of us. You know what's not a good idea? Walking around a city with our army, like we should just attack the city. Yeah, some of the guys aren't going to make it. Whoops, you know, that happens in war. That's a siege. That's life. What's not a good idea for us, God, is for an army to walk around it and they get familiar with us and they're looking at us going like, oh, okay, these guys aren't really doing anything. And then you know what? Relying on musical instruments and loud noises, like this is a terrible, terrible, terrible plan. I wouldn't have wanted to be involved in that. I also think about myself and my limitations that one of the things that I found in life is that when I've come against the walls that are keeping me outside of God's promises and outside of what he has for me, I have found that I spend way too much time worshiping the walls. I spend way too much time going, wow, these walls are really big. Wow, they go all the way around as well. I am never going to get 
in here. These walls are really strong. I feel like so often you and I, when we feel trapped and unable to hit that next level, break through to where we want to go in life, to fulfill our dreams, our aspirations, or whether it's just things that mentality, mentally speaking, we haven't been able to push beyond, I find that I spend most of my time worshipping the walls. But this strategy here of what God gets them to do is actually quite incredible because they walk around these walls and they're trusting in him and they go around them once and that's one day done. They go around them twice, that's two days. They go around three times, that's three days. They go around four times, they go around a fifth time, they go around a sixth time and then the seventh time. I think too many people I've met in life go around it once and go, well, that didn't do anything. I've met too many people that have gone to do something a second time and they're like, oh, wow, man, like, nothing's really happening. They go around it three times. Sometimes, it, some, for some people it's the first time, some people it's the second time, some people it's the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, some people it's the sixth time. They're so close to experiencing a breakthrough in something, but they lose heart somewhere along the way and they just stop believing that the walls are ever gonna come down. And I feel too many people walk away from situations without ever experiencing the promises of God because they walk away way too soon. For this people, I've talked about numbers in the Bible and like six, is like the number of man. So it's like doing everything humanly possible. We talked about that when we did the Arrow series. And then the idea of Sabbath is when you rest in and you trust God. The reason God gets them going around six times is because six times they've done, according to the law that Moses has given them, six times, are six, and they've done it six days. You've done everything humanly impossible. The seventh day is the day you rest and you trust in God. I feel like so often we just leave anxiety and stress going. We don't ever have a time where we just stop and just trust in him for it. And so on the seventh day, they walk around the walls and then the priests, not the army, the priests blow the trumpet and everyone cheers. Because when they're cheering, they're celebrating in the victory that God's given them. And the next thing you know, the walls are in ruins. I've spent my whole life worshiping the walls that keep me captive. How big my problem is, how big my struggle is how this is insurmountable, how I'm never going to get past this. I'm never going to move past that. I always make this mistake. I'm going to make that mistake again. I just worship and magnify those things and think I'm always going to have anxiety in these situations. I'm never going to be good enough at that. I'm never going to be free in this area of my life. I'm always going to repeat these mistakes. I just spend all day building up and worshiping the walls. I've been enjoying a a worship song recently that I absolutely love and I sing it at work and I'm sure everyone's heard me singing it even though I'm in a, I'm in a school. I, I sing it every day when I'm washing up because I'm just believing God. I'm believing God for something different this year. In fact, actually, I started doing some drawings again because when I was a kid, I used to love drawing and I hadn't done it for years. And then I thought, let me just start trying again. So I drew a few different things. I drew a terrible one of Jodie where I aged her a million years. I drew... Um, I don't know, some weird, scary Moses guy. And then I kind of went to my, my childhood because, like, as a kid growing up, for me, it was all about, it was all about Thundercats. I loved that growing up. That was it. So I did that, had some fun with it. I really enjoyed myself. But you know what? One day I was at work. I was having my time of devotional, and I just started drawing. And the thing that I drew, which is actually the picture I put online for the series, is the walls. And you see City Hill for us is like seven years and the song I've been singing constantly every day when I wash up with the kids, every day I wash up 
I've just started picturing different areas of my life where the walls are really strong, where the walls have me captive. I started picturing us as a church with the goals and the ambitions of what we want to try and do as a church. And I started singing it and I just started drawing these walls and they were strong, but then I started to draw the wall was broken and it was like 2020, the walls are coming down. So then there are these lyrics from a song which go, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. Then he sings, your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness. And then I started to kind of get a, a vibe that I started singing, which was your promise still stands, but the walls are coming down. And then eventually it was your promise still stands, but the walls are in bits, the walls are in bits, the walls are broken. You see, the problem is you and I spend so much time worshipping the walls that are going to hold us and have been holding us captive for so long that we just keep them there and we just magnify how big they are. But actually, here's the truth. I want to let you know a secret that I have found to be true time and time again in my life. Like Brother Jung said, the walls are real, but Jesus is the truth. And when you start to believe that, that's how you break out of maximum security prisons in China. When you believe that, that's how addictions get broken in your life and you start living free. That's how you start pursuing a goal which actually probability says you're never going to achieve that goal, but the probability doesn't matter anymore. You don't even bother looking at probability anymore because you're going, the walls are coming down. I don't care how probable the walls are coming down, they are coming down. You start to believe what he has for you. And so I started to picture it because it's a song by Elevation Worship. They're great, you can listen to them on Apple Music and it's called Do It Again. And they don't really sing about Jericho apart from the beginning bit. And like, I don't really like singing, but I'm going to sing today because, hey, I'd, I'd rather be embarrassed for Jesus and actually see the walls come down in my life than uh, <laughs> just not see the walls come down. So I'm there every day, same time, towards the end of the day, 5.30 p.m. I'm washing up the dishes. The kids have had snack time at the school and I'm just in there and a few staff have walked in and caught me, but I'm in there and I'm singing like, walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. But you know what happens is you go around it once, and I was singing it one time, but you know what? I sang that same bit instead of moving on to the rest of the song. I sang it five, six, seven times because I started to go, you know what, God? I'm believing the walls are coming down this year. I'm believing that I'm not going to be the same Andy I've been the whole of my life. I'm going to be a different Andy because the walls are coming down. The walls are coming down. And then as I started to sing the song, I started to get a feeling for something. All of a sudden, the walls got smaller and smaller and smaller in my mind. And my God got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it got to a point where I started to realize these walls are pretty hollow. These walls are pretty weak. And if, if I had the money, I'd bang out some airplane tickets, we'd all fly out to Israel today, and you won't find those walls anywhere. The walls are rubble. The walls are rubble, the walls are dust. And here's the thing, I honestly believe this year that whatever walls hold you back, whether it's in your work, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's in your heart, whether it's in your anxiety, whether it's in your mind, whatever the walls are, I believe the walls are coming down. I believe the walls are coming down because God's promises are more real than the walls. The walls will be in ruins, but his promises will stand for you for eternity. That I believe the gift that Jesus gives each one of us is eternal, never fading, never ceasing. The walls are coming down. I'm going to pray for us today. Father, I thank you the walls are coming down. I thank you, Lord, that they walked around those walls each day, once, each day. And you know what? It would have been easy 
on the sixth day to go, you know what, we've walked around it six days and these walls are looking pretty dense, you know, I'm not really sure these walls are coming down. Father, so often in our lives, we spend our time magnifying, seeing, evaluating, surveying how strong the walls are. God, may we evaluate how strong and how mighty and how good you are. Father, for some of us, what we desperately need is some loaded dice because we believe so many things that other people have said about our inability, that so many people have said about us that has called us not to value ourselves. So many things that have been said by us and other people to us that have caused us not to believe in who you are and that the walls are coming down in our lives. Father, I thank you and I pray that next week I'm going to be here and I'm tangibly going to be able to stand and say about the wall that came down in my life last week. I pray next Sunday I'm going to be able to do that. It's going to be awesome if I get to because it's going to be absolutely epic and historic because there's a really big wall in my life right now, but it's coming down in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray over every single person in this room, God, whatever the wall is for them, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's in a job situation, or whether it's in a relationship that has just held them prison or captive for so long, the walls are coming down in Jesus' name. And I pray that we would learn to do all humanly possible to overcome, but to know it comes to trusting you on the seventh day, knowing that we can enter into your rest, into your joy, and into your goodness in Jesus' name. So the reason I know the promises of God are more real than the walls is because it ends, Joshua chapter 6. If you ever want to read this account, you can read through it. And then as the walls came down, they went in and they took all the gold and all that stuff and Rahab, the prostitute, and all her family are safe. But then verse 26 of chapter 6 of Joshua says, Joshua laid an oath on them at the time saying, Cursed before the Lord be the man who rises up and rebuilds this city Jericho at the cost of his firstborn shall he lay its foundations at the curse cost of his youngest son shall he set up its gates so the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was in all the land I want to read to you 1 Kings 16 verse 34 in his days in the days of hill of Bethel built Jericho he laid its foundations at the cost of his son Abiram his firstborn and he set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son uh, Segub according to the word of the Lord which he spoken by Joshua the son of Nun years later they went for all these different kings and they had a king who started who ditched God turned away from him and started chasing after Baal and because he chased after another God he decided that God was dead God was waste and so he was going to rebuild Jericho it was like basically doing the equivalent of his people sticking the middle finger up take that God and then he ended up paying the price that Joshua said he would pay all those years ago because the promises of God stand. When the rubble is left, the promises of God still stand. And may that be a warning and a lesson to us not to miss out on all of the goodness he has for us. I promise you, he has good things for you in life. And do not allow any mentality or any lie to hold you enslaved. May you be free. May you encounter his peace and may you encounter his favor and his goodness. And may his face shine upon you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We are the light, we are the light.